Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the E-Game Podcast is my buddy Nick Costco. He is the partner of Jim Oliver, and together they have Create Tailwind, where they use infinite banking to become your own bank and find a way to, instead of paying interest and financing things and making everybody else make the money, you, the average person, the average Joe, the average Jane, can be their own bank and find a way to make long-term gains and returns on your money with pretty much everything you buy. So the thought process here is probably you're thinking this isn't for me. I'm not rich. I don't have $100 million. Maybe you do. Most people don't to be your own bank. And I think that's part of the exciting thing here is you don't need it. So partnering this together with Jim's interview that was done a few weeks ago with my buddy Nick today, we tackle a lot of the things carrying that torch for the basic person about what infinite banking is and some of the principles of success. So anybody that's doing business, athletics, anything, it's a lot of these key things around decision-making, around life choices, around life throwing things at you and you haven't crossed this to bear and what do you do with them? Do you make the decision to let them just weigh you down or do you find a way to get them off of you and then find a way to keep that and make it an asset for you versus a liability? So all the things we talk about in this episode are applicable to everybody in life and in business. And then of course, he is a jujitsu guy as well. His wife is a blue belt. His kids train. He trains, I believe trains under Pedro Sauer from time to time as well. Great guy. So uh, they got a lot of really cool things going on and they offer something special for you guys at the end too. So make sure you listen, you connect, see the show notes for the ways to connect with Create Tailwind, connect with Jim, connect with Nick, find some ways to learn more about being your own bank and how they can help you do that as well. And of course, the way that we get guests like this to keep coming on and give you guys amazing content is to do a couple of the key things to basically subscribe, leave a review and share. And if you guys could do that, most of you are scrolling on social media all day anyway, nicknicknick.com slash links takes a half a second to go and subscribe to the podcast and it goes a really long way. And you'll see all the ways to connect with me and with the podcast on social media at nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S. Don't put the WWW in. Sometimes that brings you somewhere weird. I don't know why. We're going to get in that fix. But either way, nicknicknick.com slash links. And when I post clips from this episode, please share them. Please like them. Leave a question for Nick. Leave a question for Jim. Tag them in it. Leave a little fist bump. And it really makes all the difference in the world. If my stuff's not popping up in your algorithm, make sure you go out of your way. Like a couple of my things. Send me a message on on, on Instagram, whatever it might be. And I'll make sure we, we start to connect with each other so we do stop popping up on each other's feeds and we help support each other. The big thing here, though, I want to do real estate together. Whether you want to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or find a way to partner on some level, either go on social media and DM me the words real estate to start that conversation, or just text me the words real estate to 516-540-5733, 516-540-5733. Let's get some deals in 2024. Um, if you wrote to me and I didn't get it, I don't know what the heck's going on with the app, but do it again. You're not bothering me. Let's get some deals together. If you're willing to put the time in to do the work, I am willing to work with you. So let's get together. Text me, DM me. If you're looking for a way to get a free checklist for ways to bring more value to your buyers as a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler, also go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. Thank you guys so much for supporting the show. Thank you so much, Nick Costco and Jim Oliver for coming on and sharing your experience with Create Tailwind. And thank you guys so much for listening. Have a great day, everybody.
All right. My guest today on the A-Game podcast is a master of finance and wealth. He is another one of my jujitsu brethren who has fallen in love with the art as well. And we collided with the family mastermind, I believe, initially when his company, Crates Hailwind, and his partner, Jim Oliver, contacted me and started to tell me about their amazing techniques that they use infinite banking for. I was told an amazing backstory about you, sir, about how you made a mental shift to change your life after an accident that we'll get into and have never looked back. And the two of you, we just recently had Jim on, are living an incredible life. You got good energy. We met at the mastermind and we uh, we kind of clicked after that. I think I initially talked to you. I was out in Altadena, California, and, uh, and things just kind of vibe man so i like your style I like what you're doing and i'm always down to talk to somebody who understands the principle of wealth and made a conscious effort to change that and then educate others which is exactly what you guys are now doing to create tailwinds so i will let you take it away sir but thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's well overdue i've been very excited to come on and connect with you again nick costco ladies and gentlemen how are you today sir oh man i'd be a fool to complain uh <laughs> nick thank you for the for the uh awesome intro and uh, I'm I'm humbled and honored to to be on here and talk to you and your audience because uh, um, I'm truly passionate about this. A um, little bit about my backstory is I born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, and um, there's a there's a large cargo company that has their airline headquarters here. And all I ever wanted to do was was go fly big airplanes around the world. And you know, for uh, for a period of time, I, I had the American dream, Nick. I had a incredibly well-paying job flying a big airplane around the world, wife, kids, um, you know, the, the mortgage, I think we had, uh, you know, we got the dog, um, hmm. you know, the, the benefits package, all the things. Right. And, um, the, the kind of the fallout of the 08, 09 crash was I, I got laid off in 2010 from that job. And my wife had just told me she was pregnant with our first kid. Um, so, you know, we probably had a little bit too much of a mortgage, um, probably driving a little too nice of a car. And here it comes, Nick, I, I'm, I find out I'm going to lose my sole source of income. And I'll be honest with you, as, a, as the husband, uh, the, the guy that feels responsible for providing for his, his wife and soon to be family, that's pretty, pretty hard blow psychologically, right? Um. And in that moment, I decided that I would never have one stream of income ever again. Now, I'm a super slow learner. And anybody that rolls with me can confirm that I'm a super slow learner. Um, I've, I'm just a, a two-stripe white belt knucklehead, right? <laughs> um, and, and, you know, it's funny. It's like we, we never stop learning, right? And, and life is a game of constant and never-ending improvement. And um, as a Christian, I look back and I, I, I think... Hey, God's timing is perfect. It's perfect for me and, and how long it took me to learn how to play the real game of Monopoly, the real life game of Monopoly, um, how to get money to flow to us instead of away from us. Um, but through some like just trial and error, and I sat down with financial advisors, Nick, I sat down with a bunch of them and I left every meeting thinking, Hey, I'd love to play golf with this guy or, or have a bourbon, whatever but I'm pretty sure your financial strategy is for your benefit and not mine. And I just kept scratching and clawing, trying to figure out the answers. It's like being stuck on the bottom, right? As a dumb white belt, you just got to figure out how to get through the, the pain and misery and trial and error and finally figure out how to get that guy off of you, right? And, you know, I, I can't even explain it, but uh, one day a guy put uh, the book Becoming Your Own Banker in my lap and I read this thing um in a Denny's 
this 92 page book, uh, small words, big font, something even I could somewhat understand. And I got about 25 pages into it. I'm like, this is what I've been looking for. I'm in. And um, I reached out to the author. This was eight years ago. And I said, hey, um, this is what I've been looking for. And no one in the state of Kentucky certified to teach this. I want to be your guy. And so I did his thing. And, um, you know, concurrently on the side, I'd gotten called back to flying. And so I'm flying, but I'm, I'm completely disenchanted with it now. Before I had big bright stars like your backdrop there like I was I was I was in it right and now I'm like hey this is just a means to an end I'm going to use this this w-2 job as an ATM uh for now but I'm gonna I'm gonna figure out this other path and um I asked for a mentor when I got done with the course and Nelson Nash he was super kind to me he said Nick man you don't need a mentor you nailed it and I was like Nelson I've completely fooled you um I need help and so he had who I like to call the Michael Jordan of our business call me, uh, offered me some help. And um, little did I know, I said all the right things to Michael Jordan, uh, aka uh, Jim Oliver. And um, we just hit it off. And eight years later, um, we free slaves, we free people from financial slavery, we show them the path to turn off the noise, see the signal amongst all that noise and take massive action. Uh, and, uh, we, we practice what we preach and now I sleep in my own bed every day. Um, it's not been without trials and falling down and all of that. Uh, but, uh, we just keep, keep moving forward, uh, because that's what life's about, man. And, uh, I'm super blessed to be here and be able to, uh, get out of bed every day and share the, the lessons that I've learned along the way. That's incredible, man. And I think, a key thing there is, first off, everybody's going to have bumps and bruises along the way. And that's why I like doing things like this, because when people are like, oh, get rich quick. And it's like, no, no. Like, <laughs> what part are you not listening to about? Like, you're going to get right. beat up along the way, but you just keep going. But one of my business partners always tells me, you're going to keep getting the lesson until you learn it. <laughs> and I and I think and she's always been big on like patterns, like she picks up patterns. That's why she's been like great with real estate. But she also identifies patterns in people. And now that I've been partners with her for over a decade, it's very interesting to watch people in our lives and be like, oh, that person just did that. Oh, look, back into, oh, we're hitting that site. And like, you just see that they just keep, and it's like, they don't learn the lessons. And then that forced me to look at the patterns in my life. Because it's very easy when you're looking at other people going, look what they're doing. But I was like, all right, how do, how is like, where's my thing now? And I started to realize like, oh yeah, like I keep doing this. I keep doing that. Like, when am I going to stop doing that? When am I going to not wind up in the same spot every 18, 24, 36 months. And she was like, when you learn that lesson and when you learn the lesson, now that principle helps you identify. And you, like you said, you're disenchanted. You almost can't unsee it, but you have to take that action. You have to have the self-awareness. And I think what you're saying is everybody has those crosses that they have to bear in life, but most of them just keep letting them pile on and pile on and pile on until right. they're crippled underneath it. And sometimes at that point, then only then they'll be reactive and do something with it. But I feel like most people don't have the self-awareness and then the discipline to recognize that lesson and then to do something immediately to correct it. So what was it in you that went no more? Because I know plenty of people that have lost their jobs and they didn't use that as a catalyst to completely reshape their life. They just went and started putting out more job applications. Um, you know, I'd love to just say uh, it, it's just the way I'm wired. Um, I am just uh, like I was the kid who 
school, I was locked up in a cage, man. I, I did not behave well in school. Uh, somehow I stayed out of all the major trouble. Um, uh, I did, I did spend, uh, when I was in high school, I did spend a few hours behind bars. Um, and, and, and those lessons stuck with me. Right. Um, and I just, I don't want to be normal. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that only the dead fish go with the flow. Um, and I, those are the, the, that awareness, but here's, here's probably more importantly is, is, the Bible says without vision, man will perish. And I had a strong vision. I have a strong vision. I, I, my vision today is different than it was six months ago, right? It's something that I'm striving towards. And I didn't, I didn't want to be constrained by my failures. I, I think that you're either you're winning or you're learning. I joke that I, I've never lost. I've been point deficient but I've never <laughs> lost it. Right. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, there, there's so much lesson in tapping, right. And saying, Hey, I, I, what did I do here? Right. Like tapping is not losing. Right. It's, it's living to, to, to fight another day. And like, what's that vision right now? My vision is to show up at, at the mats tonight and learn something new. I'm not going to get my black belt tonight. Right. So it's just, I, I've got a vision. I'm, I'm cool with the journey now. One of my perils, Nick, is that um, I'll get really impatient. Like I want to boil the ocean today. I want to take this big, hairy vision and I want to do it all today. And um, I feel like I got, I, I've broken that in me. Finally, it took me a long time. Um, I'm, I'm 47 now, probably the first 45, 46 years. Um, I just wasn't, embracing the journeys. I wasn't embracing going to the mat and getting my rear end kicked. Um, and there, there's something that changes. It's like, you know, the, you, you got probably a lot of jujitsu guys out here listening and, and everybody watches this, right? The guy that shows up at the gym and the first 10 to 20 classes are flailing around, right? You know, the, the upper belts don't ever want to roll with the spazzy white belt, right? Cause that's how you get people get hurt. And I'm not a spazzy white belt anymore. And so I'm cool with embracing it. I'm cool with just chilling out um, and just taking it in, having great people around me. Um, and, and, and that's it, man. I, I, I don't know what else to say on that. No, that makes a lot of sense, man. I think there was a couple of, you know, there's things that you hear over time that become lessons and become sayings that you like, and then you start to get away from them and then they resurface. And I feel like they resurfaced at the right time in your life. And I, I had Brian Murray on, who's incredible, 13,000 units. He owns like, God, the guy's incredible. But he, cool. he kept saying, like, he reminded me about like, hey, fall in love with the process, fall in love with the process. He's like, buying 13,000 units, I can't control the outcome of what every tenant's going to do, if they're going to pay, if they're not going to pay, if the water heater is going to break. But what I can control is the processes every day to make sure I set myself up that like 98% of the stuff's going to go the same way. And I feel like I'm with you in the fact that, once I started getting hurt more and then I was like, you know, now I, I went hard because I wanted to win every match, but now I can't train for three weeks because I'm old and I'm fat and like everything hurts. And now I'm more to the point where <laughs> like, well, let me go back and figure out like, cause if, if jujitsu is, is supposed to be what they say, except for like an even playing field where you're both like the same skill level and the guy's just bigger and stronger. 
I shouldn't be having to muscle through all these things and force these things to work if I'm doing them in the right way. So now let me go back and let me be less concerned with winning the match and let me pick up some lessons I can learn about if I'm in this bad position. Let me enjoy the bad position. Let me sit in it. Let me waft in a little bit and play around, bump the guy this way, bump the guy that way. Why does this work? Why does that not work? And I'm just trying to get better and I'm enjoying the process more. And I feel like we get caught up in the result. You want the paycheck, you want the paycheck, they want the paycheck. But it's like that movie Click. If all you're worried about is I want to see the return, you miss the entire experience. And then all of a sudden, 10 years go by and there's 10 big checks you got, but you don't really have any memories that you made. You don't really, you didn't really learn anything because you didn't like revel in the in the journey. And having said that, my buddy Alex Stewart, jiu-jitsu guy, he always says, I hate calling all this a journey. He's like, because a journey has an end. He calls it an adventure. And I was like, I love that, man. That's absolutely yeah. true. So talk a little bit about your journey, sir. So now you, you touch base with Jim Oliver. What changed? What was the mental shift? What was the strategy that went and that gave you that aha moment that you went, I got it. Like, this is my path to financial freedom. Well, he he asked me a really important question. Um, you know, growing up uh, and working in uh, the traditional industrial complex, it does not embrace you or encourage you to think big and, and have uh, and to pursue your dreams, right? Like that industrial complex needs you as a cog in their wheel. They're not encouraging you to get out of that, right? And he asked me a question that. I use all the time now, and and it's from Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach, and it's called the R-Factor question. And the R-Factor question is, if we're sitting here three years from now, looking back at today, what are all the things that have to happen both professionally and personally for you to be happy with your progress? And so what I did not know is that when Jim asked me that, he was testing me. He was testing whether or not I actually wanted a relationship with him. And the the reason he asked me this question was, we had been kind of working together. He was mentoring me for about nine months. And then I decided I kind of wanted to join forces. I wanted to join our brand, Create Tailwind. And before I was going to do that, I wanted to meet him personally. So here I live in Louisville, Kentucky. At the time, Jim lived in South Dakota. And he's like, come on up and see me. And I was like, fantastic. So I go up there. And I've got the answer to this question and it was robust. It unlocked this thing in me. I wanted X amount of dollars and I wanted this amount of doors. And I, I, I don't remember all the, the answers to it, but what it showed Jim is that I wanted a relationship with him. But for me, it unlocked this, this, um, um, this process of having a vision, something that we're gonna pursue. So it was then it was like, here's this license to go do personal development things. That's when I, I read um, Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret. And I realized we become what we think about. All right. And so Earl Nightingale's The Strangest Secret, for those of you that haven't listened to it, if you go to um, Breakaway Wealth, that's our podcast, We have, and you search The Strangest Secret, we actually replayed it on there. It's oh, cool. one of the most important uh, recordings ever made. Um, and it's Earl Nightingale, who was like one of the pioneers of personal development back in the the fifties. He was one of the few people that, um, survived being on board the USS Arizona on, uh, uh, in the Pearl Harbor disaster. Holy crap. And it's really the backstory. And Jim and I tell the backstory of it on there. Um, 
So this unlocked this pursuit of a bigger and better life. And then it's being yoked with your wife um, along that journey, right? Like my wife was working as a nurse. Here I'm talking about leaving this dream job when my wife sees she's bought into the bigger vision. So then we just start, I want to learn, right? Tony Robbins says, if, if um, someone has what you want, belly up next to them and learn everything you can from them. I recognized Jim had all that I wanted. So I just started asking questions. And frankly, it's kind of, it was a relentless pursuit. You know, Jim didn't always directly answer my question or respond to my text or my phone call. In the moment, I learned that he doesn't really do email worth a darn. Um, <laughs> and, and the first time I was around him, I realized because he's sitting there finger typing. He's punching the keys with his two index fingers. I'm like, oh, you can't type fast. That's why you don't do emails. And so I just, but I, but I, I just wouldn't quit, Nick. I just, I wanted to figure out how to teach people to be their own banker. I was figuring out that this was the key to building real wealth, that what I was being told about money wasn't true. And I'm a truth seeker. You, you, you try to pull one over on me, I typically will smell it a mile away, right? Like I'm all fine with buying the thing that is not what everyone else is buying. And so, um, it, it was just a slow process, frankly. Um, there were some diversions along the way. And um, so it was, it was almost three years ago. I was still flying. I was on my way to the airport and I got plowed into while I was sitting at a stoplight um, by somebody not paying attention. I suffered a head injury and um, pretty serious head injury. And I, it distorted my vision in my left eye. So I wound up going home that night and I get home and my wife looks at me and says, do you need any more sign from God that you're not supposed to be flying an airplane? And, you know, Jim tolerated me for a while as I was, as I was pretty frustrated physically. Um, but, you know, I, I don't have a medical to fly an airplane anymore. So God removed that from my, my plate. I don't have to um, worry about that anymore. And um, it just allowed me to like, truly turn my attention on serving other people and uh, freeing people from financial slavery. Man, that's incredible. And I think there's a choice that you made there. Um, one of my friends always says, you're never born a winner. You're never born a loser. You're born a chooser. And the mm -hmm. choices that you make will, will dictate kind of where you go and what your perspective is on that. And I think when people have obstacles in life, when they have things like you could sit there and cry and say, woe is me. They're not going to let me fly a plane. My dream is gone. Or you can say, they just shut that window. Like, what's my new path? What's my new adventure? And I, you know, I applaud you because it's, you know, everybody deals with the same crap. Everybody, right. you know, everybody's got some different magnitudes. I completely get that. I understand that, but <laughs> it, it's still, it's still a little bit of the same choice of like, how are you reacting to things? And because those, that whole Rocky thing, it's like, it's, you're going to get knocked down. What is your choice? And I feel like the fact that you constantly try and find that light at the end of the tunnel and you choose to look at it as a path and not a train coming is why you're going to be successful in anything you do from, becoming a pilot to becoming a, your own bank to eventually becoming a black belt in jujitsu. So I'm, I'm a big believer in decisions, which I never was before, but I, I see a lot of people in life that are successful. They're not successful. I apologize. They're not decision makers. They spend their whole life and they never want to make a decision because they never want to be wrong. You seem to really go right in on something. Like you said, you want to boil the ocean tomorrow what is your decision-making process when you come across an opportunity that keeps you from being one of those people that suffers from analysis paralysis? Yeah, I, 
I don't know if I have a great process. I, I do have um, essentially a board of directors. Um, and and they got a, a lot of times those big decisions got to pass through that board of directors. Um, these are lifelong friends. You know, it's Jim. I mean, Jim and I, our, our relationship completely transcends business. Um, we may talk for an hour at eight o'clock at night and we won't talk business at all. Okay. Um, so we're going to talk about that where I'm going to pass it through, um, you know, the sounding board that is my wife, right? Um, you know, who helped me make one of the best real estate investments ever, Nick, was at the time, my 10 year old son, <laughs> who's now 14. And I had this real estate deal come before me. Now, it was a new person in my life. It was a client of Gemini's who was a, a young, uh, I think he was at the time, like 21 years old. He was a pretty successful real estate investor already. Sharp, sharp guy. And he's speaking in a little incongruent way to my language, to be honest with you. He's like so brilliant with the, with the uh, analysis of this deal that he would talk so fast. Um, I just didn't understand him. Like I need people to speak slowly, use small words and big font. Okay. <laughs> and, 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 and that just wasn't happening. Okay. So I was like, but this guy's so passionate about it. Jim is like, I'm in. And I was like, okay, what am I missing? So I'll never forget Nick. My, my 10 year old is in my office at home and I got this big, like the grease board in my, uh, the white, white uh, dry erase board is the, the size of the wall in there. And I start explaining the deal to my son. As I explained it, I got clarity. But before I had my aha moment, my son goes, well, why wouldn't you do that deal? Like it made sense to him. And I was like, uh, so I kept going. I kept explaining it and kind of like testing my teaching. And then I, I went, oh, that's the magic of this deal. Because it was totally unconventional, all right? The way the deal was structured and how it was going to unfold. And it, it's using people as a sounding board. Sometimes, like so so many people, Nick, they're, they're afraid to look like a dummy. Like, don't be afraid to look like a dummy and say, I don't understand. Like, hey, Jim, I've heard you say that a million times, but you said it a little differently this time. Can you, can you explain that to me? Like, I don't have to worry about, you know, if someone's showing me, I've done a lot of real estate deals. I own multiple businesses. Does that mean I know everything? Absolutely not. So don't be afraid to say, I don't understand. And then figure out the answer. So I, I ask a lot of questions through the decision-making process, but once I see the end, once I see the, uh, the solution, I typically, I, I'm, I'm a fast mover. Like I'll go across the epiphany bridge really fast. There's a joke in my house. My wife will um, walk across the bridge, if not crawl across the bridge as she's making her decision. I stand on, on the safe side. I analyze a thing with my team and then I bolt across and I'm not afraid to make a mistake. You know, you can't, you can't get over the obstacle if you don't get your knees up touching it, right? Like those obstacles are just opportunities. And I think it's just how you, you shift your brain 
And I just want to come to a conclusion whether this deal is for me or not for me, or that opportunity is for me or not for me as fast as I can, and then have the right people around me um, to execute on it if we're going to go. So um, I, that's just like, I've almost become addicted to it. Um, you know, you, you ride around an airplane and you're making little decisions all the time, most of which you're not thinking about. You can't think and fly an airplane at the same time. You know, when That's, you're, yeah, it's good. When you're on a, when you're on the jujitsu mat, the reason uh, you've got a lot more knowledge than I do, but you're not thinking and rolling too much. You're going with feel, right? Like you can probably do it with your eyes closed, literally all the time. I got to think about it all the time. By the time I'm done thinking about it, I'm smashed, right? So you just, you, you like exercise these muscles and you start recognizing opportunity from like losers, like pretty quick. Um, and I just love that. I've, I, I've loved coming to this. I'm excited about how I'll look at these opportunities 10 years from now, right? As we work those things, like, so, um, you know, that's just, I, I'm a relation guy too. I don't do this stuff in a vacuum. I'm too dumb, right? Like I need smarter people around me all the time. I don't want head bobbers telling me how great I am. I want people like, hey, Nick, you're being a dummy. My my executive assistant, her one of her number one roles is to, to tell me to stop me when I'm doing something dumb, right? So it's just having great people around you uh, and just have fun with it. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you wanna sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com. Go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure. Or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. I love that, man. You just actually gave me an epiphany on decision-making because two things. One, I think that there's probably a lot of parallels between flying a plane because literally you have to just rely on the data and the controls. Like you're, It's not like you're driving that you can see the road in front of you. You have to trust on a certain level that right. your training and the stuff that you've been told and like the information is there and you make that decision based on the information, not based on your emotions, which I think is massive in business and in jujitsu, but also on that, that decision tree there. I never thought about it until you just said it, but now that you've been doing this for longer, I think that when we look at deals as a new investor, there's a thousand different scenarios that play out on our head and the majority of them are probably not realistic or real or, or like, or even possible, but right. you go like, well, what about all these things? What about this? What about this? What about this? What about this? And then that brings you decision fatigue. That brings you analysis paralysis. But as we become more seasoned and we do deals, those imaginary dragons, they're not even an option anymore. And now you're just looking at it as probably instead of 10,000 options, five or 10 options. And when you only have a handful of realistic options to look for, it makes it a lot easier to make a decision because there's there's not a thousand doors you can open now. There's only five or 10. And I never thought of that before, but what you just told me about the, the mats made me think about it because I remember one of my first MMA fights, I wanted to learn everything from every position. And then all of a sudden during the fight, 
I'm in half guard and I'm like, do I want the underhook? Do I want the overhook? Do I want the sweep? Do I want to get under him? Do I want to get over him? Do I want to go for a submission? Do I want to hit him? And then before I can make the decision, the guy moved and I went, well, now he's here. And before you knew it, I went up losing a decision in the fight. Close fight. Didn't get beat up with him. But either way, so I remember after <laughs> I talked to one of my black belt buddies and he was like, yo, man, he's like a lot of half guard, a lot of this, a lot of that. He's like, it looked like you froze in a lot of those positions. And I was like, well, there was too many options. And by the time I processed all the potential options, the, op the opportunity was gone. So he was like, for your next fight, we're going to work just two positions from every position. So if mm -hmm. you get there... It's not going to be 10 seconds. It's going to be A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B. And I've always done that now. And I think like you're saying now, it's not that I don't think, but I don't think about a thousand different things. I go, I can do A, B, or C, and I'm able to make a decision a lot quicker and go right for it. So that yeah. was like a really interesting principle you pointed out. So you just opened up some doors for me, sir. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. That's cool. I, I like that analogy too. So now talking about infinite banking, let's go through what was your first really not really what you call real estate transaction, but your first transaction like your first deal as you would call it i don't know what the proper term would be but like your your first transaction that you started kind of jumping in and doing it and then i like to talk a little bit about what does that look like today what did it grow into yeah so i just wanted to I, what i learned was leverage is the name of the game right like there's not a financial institution out there that doesn't take in other people's money and go make money with it that's that's the wall street game it's the government's game it's the uh, the bank's game, right? And and I was like, oh, it's just leverage. Oh, but but Dave tells me leverage is is bad. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, whatever. We could we could uh, talk about that all day. But there's a big difference between controlled and uncontrolled leverage. And what most people don't understand is that when you're your own banker and you're using a very specifically designed life insurance contract to do this, you have you're using controlled leverage, and it's completely different than everything else. So I get into this. I'm starting to put money into it. I'm listening to Jim, talk to our to clients and prospects. And so my brain uh, just it, it goes from like looking in the mirror so much to looking out, okay? And it's kind of like the red car theory, right? Like if, if you buy a red car, then you start seeing red cars everywhere. So now I'm like, okay, Nelson Nash told me opportunities will find cash. So now I'm building this bank, okay? I got money in it. And I'm sitting in front of a Lowe's. This is probably six years ago, seven years ago. And I see the we buy houses sign. And this is before, I, honestly, it was before I was looking at real estate stuff regularly. You know, everybody knows what those bandit signs are now, it seems like. But at the time, I had no idea, Nick. So I'm sitting at the stoplight and I dial the number. I'm like, who are these people? So I'm just curious. So I dial the number. What's Worst thing is going to happen. Someone's going to hang up on me. I don't have a house to sell, but you know, let's, let's see what happens. Well, I connect with the guy on the other end of the phone and I quickly figure out this guy doesn't have any money. He's just connecting dots. Right. And so I go, I'm thinking to myself, maybe you are an answer to a problem for me. I've got money to, to put in motion and you've got deal flow. Okay. How can, how can we plug into each other? So I'm like, Hey, what if I finance these deals? Blah, blah, blah. So we go sit down at a restaurant because I'm a, I'm the guy I want to put my eyes on you before I'm going to do business with you. And he's trying to get me to finance this $22,000 deal, Nick. Now I fig I figure out that this deal, it's really not that great of a deal if I finance it. But I said, Hey, what if I buy the deal? What if I buy this home? So we work it out. 
I'm going to buy it for $18,000 and my net cash flow on this $18,000 home was $253. I'll never forget that dollar amount. Okay. And Jim says to me, just go get a hundred more of them. So I buy, I buy this thing. I, I take a loan from my insurance contract on a Friday. I close on it, clears title the following Friday. Okay. Now I've got my contractor lined up. I'm going to put in about 20,000 into this property. I'll refinance it. I'll get my money back. I'll pay my insurance loan back, rinse and repeat, right? Now, the following week is Derby week here in Louisville, Kentucky. And honestly, the place shuts down. So I don't, nothing happens, okay? My contractor doesn't go there. It's all fine. The following Tuesday, the Tuesday after Derby, like we're going to get rolling that week on renovating this place. I get a message from the guy who I bought the house from. He says, uh, hey, I went over there to get the mail and a tree fell on the place. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, Nick, I'll be honest with you. I, I kind of didn't care. I was just like, I was doing some other stuff. I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I got 18,000 in this thing. I'll, I'll figure it out here later. But so I finished what I was doing. And a couple hours later, I drive over to this property. I come around the corner and like the electric company is there. Like it turns out one of the largest oak trees in the city of Louisville <laughs> is in the front yard of this house and it has fallen. It's taken the power lines down and it has obliterated this house. Okay. It had moved it completely off the foundation. All right. Well, I had insured the house for $133,000. Now, I take the check for 133,000. I pay off my insurance loan. I clean up the lot. I think it cost me like 10 grand to clean up the lot. I sell the lot and I take that money. I put it into my banking system and I rinse and repeat. I wound up getting with that money. I wound up significantly getting into the cryptocurrency mining uh, business back in 2017, which time will tell how that's work will work out. But uh, um, that was my first real real estate deal. I had done some stuff before learning about infinite banking, uh, but I had messed those all up too, because I had no idea what I was doing. I had no mentor, but um, you know, that was my first one. And then it, then it, it just, it took off from there. I'm a big who, not how, like I love teaching infinite banking and I want to work in that business. Um, I want to work on my real estate ventures um, so I have great partners in those verticals. Um, so I, some, and some of this stuff, I don't even know the addresses of these things because, um, I'm just financing, uh, opportunities now and, uh, finding other great partners on a regular basis. That's awesome. So you're using the strategy of infinite banking to not necessarily be the bank to fund your projects, but to be a private lender on other projects. Yeah. All, all the above. Cool. That's awesome, man. So I, I think part of where people disconnect sometimes, if they hear you go infinite banking and you go, well, what's that? You go, well, you can be your own bank. And people go, I don't have a hundred million dollars. I can't be my own bank. So give a little bit of a, a synopsis of like why the average Joe or the average Jane actually can be their own bank. Yeah. So Nelson Nash lays out in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, that it's all about solving one very simple problem. And here's the thing. This is the word of caution. 
The financial world tries to overcomplicate things. Uh, Einstein said simplicity is elusive. So we have to like, we have to be willing to rethink our thinking on, on solving problems and just keep it simple. So infinite banking is about solving one simple problem. And that is that we finance everything that we buy. Okay. You either pay interest to other people, which is super simple for us to wrap our brains around, right? Like we pay interest. You see that in an amortization sheet or whatever. Okay. But this sneaky one is when you pay cash, you give up the ability to earn interest with those dollars literally forever. Okay. A simple explanation of that. If you took a hundred thousand dollars and you put it in an interest earning account, earning 3%. Okay. For three, for 20 years, that hundred thousand dollars will become $180,000. Okay. So if you took the hundred thousand in year one and you spent it, you paid cash for something. What you did was gave up 80,000 in potential interest. Okay. So anybody can do this. It works for a little number. It works for a big number, but you got to understand that you finance everything you buy. There's no in between. You got Dave and Susie. They'll love to tell you that cash does not have a cost. I just proved it with math, but cash does have a cost. And it just requires us to think a little bit differently for us to be in control. You're going to put money into a financial institution, some bank. You don't own it. doesn't matter if you put $10,000 in there or $100 million. You're now a creditor of that bank. You are not in charge. Okay. And that bank is going to take your money and go earn interest. Um, there's an example uh, from 2016. It's Bank of America's numbers. Uh, it's outlined in their Bauer financial report that said they made 2,600% on their deposits. <laughs> Every bank is about the same. If you want your bank to keep making money off of you to that degree forever, keep doing it. Okay. But the reality of it is you can take control and you can earn all that interest. And I'll ask the question a lot of times, Nick, is would you rather have all the money that you've made in Wall Street? or all the interest you've paid to other people. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it's easy, right? Okay. So if you'd rather have all the money that you've made or that you've paid other people in interest, why wouldn't you want to solve that problem? And infinite banking is just about solving that problem. It's, it's, you said it earlier about get rich quick schemes. Infinite banking is a get, get rich slow scheme, right? It's the complete opposite. It's a slow and steady process right? It's, it's a little bit of interest compounded over the entirety of your life. There's, you're not, no one's ever too old for this either. I'll, I'll, I'll ask you, Nick, when are you going to stop spending money? Probably no time soon. The day you die, right? And so if you're going to live another 50, 60, 70 years, well, you have a tremendous opportunity to collect that interest and solve that problem. And here's the thing, you can't do it on your own. It's not reasonable to do it on your own. Like I, there's no way I ever would have been able to do this on my own. I needed a coach. I needed a mentor, a guide. And that's what Jim showed me. He's, he's like, listen, Nick, um, we're not the heroes of the show. We're just the guides to show people how to do this. We're Nelson Nash purists. Like Nelson wrote the book. A lot of people have bastardized it uh, in their teachings. But the reality of it is, it, it's the core principles in there 
um, of how the bank works. They bring bring in deposit dollars, they lend it out. The borrower pays the bank back, the bank pays you a little bit of uh, delta, right? And it's just this process over and over. And you know, some people, they got to start with a, a small amount of money because that's what they got. Maybe they're going to use it to pay off debt, finance a car. But the reality of it is we can take that and we can find it. We can use our banking system to create wealth with that and get money to flow to us instead of away from us. So would part of that be you take the capital that you get, you throw it into uh, an infinite banking system, but you obviously have to still deploy that capital to be able to be making more than whatever the interest you're paying. You're, you're, you're basically arbitraging the money the same way. You're just controlling it instead of letting the bank make all the decisions for you where that money's going to go. That's right. And, and the loan from the insurance company, this is what most people don't understand, is my money never leaves my account. Okay? I get to borrow the insurance company's money. It's an interest-only unstructured loan. Now, Nick, can you go to a bank and get an interest-only unstructured loan? Not no. that I know of. <laughs> nope. So I get, they, they're going to just send me an interest bill one time a year. My money stayed in the account earning interest and it's going to grow tax-free. And I get to use the insurance company's money to go build wealth. It's kind of like the $100 million question. Jim probably asked you this, um, but if I would lend you $100 million and a year from now, all you had to do was pay me 5%, 5 million in interest, would you take the loan? Yeah. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And so Nick, if you would give me that loan, and if you're willing to, we'll get my attorney on the phone after this <laughs> after this recording. But I'd take your hundred million. I'd go get four hundred million from a commercial bank and buy five hundred million of cash flow real estate. Yes. That cash flow real estate. Let's just say I earned five percent on the five hundred million. Well, that's twenty five million. And a year from now, I just got to pay you five percent, five million of that. I win all day long. It's just a game of leverage, right? That interest that I'm paying you is tax deductible, right? And I'm building wealth in a in a tax favored way with the real estate because of all the tax benefits that you know and love about real estate. So I it's just that. a shift in our brain and it's just a little shift, right? The barriers to success are really thin and <laughs> it just requires us to think just a little bit differently. And, um, you know, that's what I love doing. You mentioned the uh, barriers to success are thin. Do you, have, have you read the slight edge principle? Yes. I, I love that. Like I tell people that all the time, like the things in life that make you successful are easy to do. And they're very easy not to do. Like it's, it's this <laughs> much stuff. The example I like, it's very easy for the alarm to go off and you to get out of bed and go to the gym. It's also very easy to hit snooze and go right back to bed. Like all those little things compound, all those little things add up over time. So I love yeah. that you said that. And, and obviously something that you said in there was, if you did want to do that, I get my attorney on the phone and we level everything. Else. So Things have to be done the right way. I assume just like anything, but especially when you're dealing with finance and regulations and being your own bank, there's yeah. stuff that you want to make sure you're following certain processes, restrictions, laws, legalities, disclosures, all kinds of stuff that would be impossible to address during a 45 minute podcast. So how do people now find out more about like now they're starting to click, they're going, I'm interested in what you're talking about. How do I learn more? Talk about how do you help people figure that out? The book, the podcast, the company. Talk all things Nick, Jim, and Tailwind. Create Tailwind. Yeah, man. So I'll give you a couple links uh, out there. If you go to createtailwind.com, um, right in there, there's some articles, but you can join our free community. 
okay? And in that community are some phenomenal free resources, education. If you want to learn more about like the core flow of infinite banking, join our community and then watch what is IBC. IBC stands for infinite banking concept. Um, it's, it's me and Jim uh, kind of given about an hour overview presentation of what it looks like. Um, and I always just say, Nick, when you're done watching that, you'll know whether or not you want to learn more. But I also have a free gift for your audience today that is available to you for the remainder of the year. And if you go to makebankwithoutthebank.com forward slash free book, you can have the downloadable version of Jim Oliver's new best-selling book, Make Bank Without the Bank. Um, you're, that's free to your audience here. Um, and you can read that. It's a, it's a book. It's all, I don't even think it's 100 pages. Um, my 14-year-old son read it on the beach last yeah. week. And when we got done, he said, Papa, we haven't been playing cash flow enough lately. And I was like, all right, I'm right on, brother. Um, so that's the way, that's the easiest ways to find us. Um, or you can go, uh, you can join our app right from your Apple store or your Android store. Uh, just type in create tailwind, all one word, uh, join. You can reach out to us, the, our contact information's on uh, the website and on the app. Uh, happy to guide you. Um, we're kind of, I'll say this to your audience, you have a, a no hassle guarantee from us. Um, <laughs> if you want to learn, we'll feed your learning. If you don't want to learn, there's a good chance you won't hear from us. Fair enough. Fair enough, sir. And that's, they can connect with your podcast and everything there right through the website. Yep. Um, Breakaway Wealth is our podcast. And, um, you know, we got two types of episodes. Frankly, they're, they're guests like yourself on there that are helping educate our audience on how to uh, level up their game. And then there's, there's episodes where it's uh, Jim and I talking about the truth about money and the, the strategies that we're using and employing. So often it's all just mindset talk because it all becomes, uh, it starts with what we think about first. I love that, man. So this has been a pleasure. Obviously, I was saving the best for last. We, <laughs> got, the, we got the money stuff out of the way. Let me ask you now, jujitsu. Yeah. Tell me about your jujitsu journey. Tell me about how jujitsu has helped you and your family on and off the mats, maybe how it's a translate into your business or just why you love it. Yeah, man. So it started almost two years ago with my then five-year-old, uh, my youngest of four kids. And he was going to, he was going to tear down the the drywall off my walls. <laughs> I, I feel like, and I remember Jocko Willink um, talking about jujitsu, the way of the warrior kids are his kids books. And we'd, we'd read them and listened to them as a family. And I kept coming back to it. I was like, Hey, I'm going to take moose to this thing that's what we call them uh so we take take moose to jujitsu and uh before i know it all six of us in my family are doing it my wife has become a, a blue belt um already the the girls the, these women that she's bonded with there at the gym um they're the the wives of incredible families our kids all roll together um we do church together our uh, our church pastor is a fourth degree black belt um, and I started going to church because I was so enthralled by his teaching. Um, I've, I've taken some dents and dings. Uh, in fact, I, I had an injury that took me off the mats for almost eight months. It was, uh, I was not being a spazzy white belt. It was truly just a kind of a freak accident. But again, you tap into that perseverance, embracing the journey, embracing the struggle and the pain of being the, you know, you and I are similar stature, right? So we're not going to, you know, we're not going to um, love having a 250 pound guy laying on top of us too easily. Right. And um, 
So I just love that. I've watched my nine-year-old daughter. She loves to compete. Um, and I've watched her confidence absolutely explode. There is few things in this world that give me more joy in this world than to watch her role. I watch her, um, you know, I'll see bigger boys, you know, these kind of crazy 10, 11, 12 year old boys, they almost try to bum rush her. Yeah. And she just like methodically takes them down. And she's like a stone cold killer. You know, all of a sudden I watch and they're tapping. And I just love, there's something about being the dad of a daughter that just, uh, my feet don't touch the ground when I watch that kid roll. So it's been, it's unlocked something that I didn't, I never would have gathered or guessed I would love. I, I love playing golf and jujitsu is the first thing that I found to be as hard as learning to be good at golf because you'll never master it. And there's something <laughs> about the, there's something about the pursuit uh, of something that you'll never master that I find absolutely enthralling. Man, I love that. That says a lot about you that, are, that you're always looking to challenge yourself on there because I think a lot of people that become the, the black belt in their business, you have to put your ego aside to get back on and become the white belt in something else. So the fact that you're constantly reinventing yourself, I think is incredible, man. I'm almost jealous of your journey that you get to go back and experience this whole thing. And, you know, people tell me, you know, the, the real journey starts at black belt. And I remember like the difference from black belt to black belt is so much different than the difference from white belt to black belt. But one of my buddies, he asked me during one of our podcasts and he's a very, very high level black belt. He's like, man, if I took your black belt away and you had to start all over again today, he's like, would you go back and do this all over again? And I was like in a heartbeat. And he awesome. actually was like, I probably wouldn't. And I was like, man, that, of all, like over the years, there's things that I've gotten frustrated with. There's been times I wanted to quit real estate. I think there's been a time in my life that I've wanted to quit everything at some point, And I've never felt that way about jujitsu. You know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's the common thing where my Matt Sarah, shout out to him. One of my, uh, my, my friends and my heroes. It's always like, man, a, a bad day on the mats is still a good day, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's helped me so much with so many <laughs> different things. And I like the fact, like you said, man, the, the community that you get around you of just your, your circles change and the, the circles in, in family mastermind and the circles in jujitsu just have connected me all over the world, all over the country. It's been amazing, man. It was obviously something that connected us right away. It's just, yeah. there's something that there's an unwritten thing that comes across as like, you're a jujitsu guy. You're okay. I already, I already know something <laughs> about you that doesn't even need to be said. And, and you have yeah. a little bit of that camaraderie, a little bit of that connection, man. So I'm looking forward to, to experiencing you, experiencing your journey. And of yeah. course, we got something coming up in March, man. If I don't see you before that, bring yeah. your stuff down, man. And uh, will. we'll either go and we'll get some rolling in with a couple of the other guys around it up, like Nathan Payne, maybe Nathan Brooks, and cool. uh, maybe Patrick Precourt and a couple other guys. Or I'll just bring some mats down and we'll find a place over that high awesome. in Tampa to, to get some rolling in, man. <laughs> but you, sir, are somebody who brings your A-game to everything you do. This interview has been no different. You definitely brought your A-game here today. Any final thoughts before I let you go? No, man, just don't be afraid uh, to, to fail forward and to rethink your thinking, man. Beautiful words. I appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much for offering that book to our guests. I'm definitely going to jump on and get one myself. Everybody listening, check the show notes for all the ways to connect with Nick, connect with Jim, connect with Create Tailwind, A-Game Podcast. Have a fantastic day, everybody. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're so